Hello and welcome to The Scope. Our student-run and recorded podcast is put on by the Student Collaborative on Health Policy, a student group that works with Duke's Margola Center on all health policy-related matters. In this episode, we will be talking to Donna Rasmussen, an Affordable Care Act navigator who helps consumers through the healthcare marketplace. This episode is hosted by myself, Ashna Shah, and Nadia Bay. In this episode, we will be discussing the Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act, also known as the Affordable Care Act, ACA, or Obamacare. The ACA is a federal statute that aims to make health insurance more accessible and affordable, expand Medicaid, and support changes to care delivery that lower overall costs. It was signed into law on March 23, 2010. Part of the ACA is the open enrollment period, during which people select individual health plans through the federal website healthcare.gov. According to a snapshot from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, over 17 million people used the website during the open enrollment period from November 1st to December 15th, 2020. About half, 8.3 million people, actually selected plans. Out of those people, over 1.8 million were considered new consumers because they weren't enrolled in the previous year. In North Carolina, 536,270 plans were selected during fall open enrollment. The federal marketplace was reopened for a special enrollment period on February 15th and will close on Monday, March 15th. ACA navigators are volunteers that help consumers navigate the open enrollment process and select the plan that works for them. Hello everyone, my name is Ashna Shah and I'm a first year studying global health and public policy and I'm joined today by my partner Nadia Bay, a sophomore studying global health. Today we are really excited to be here with Donna Rasmussen works as an ACA navigator. We're going to talk about what ACA navigators do, the communities they serve, and the importance of their work. Donna, do you want to start by introducing yourself? Thanks, Ashna, um, and thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So my name is Donna Rasmussen, and I work for Legal Aid of North Carolina as a certified healthcare navigator, and I also manage the volunteer navigator program for the Triangle and Triad regions in North Carolina. Navigators help people understand their health coverage options through the ACA or Medicaid, um, complete an application, apply for assistance, paying for coverage, choose a health plan that fits their needs, and we also provide post-enrollment support like submitting documentation, reporting life changes, and helping people use their insurance and take advantage of things like free preventive care. We also conduct outreach year-round to look for uninsured people so we can offer them appointments to apply or review their options. Yeah, sounds great. So, of course, by the nature of your job, you've come to contact with a lot of different people. What's one of the most meaningful interactions you've had as an ACA navigator? Um, So that was a difficult one, but um, I've had the privilege to work with uh, consumers who are part of the Ryan White HIV AIDS program and who now qualify for a special state program called the Premium and Copay Assistance Program. And that pays the full medical premiums and HIV AIDS meds, copays, each month for consumers who enroll in ACA plans, regardless of their income as long as it's not above a certain threshold. Uh, So this includes people who would normally be in the North Carolina Medicaid gap because they don't qualify for premium tax credits, but they're living with HIV AIDS and they really need comprehensive, affordable health care. And, you know, sometimes at the end of the process, when people learn that they can actually visit a doctor without bankrupting themselves, it can bring tears of joy to, well, to that man, to me. But it makes such a huge difference in people's lives when they have the peace of mind to know that there's healthcare that they can take advantage of. So 
with working with the HIV AIDS patients, um, it's been exciting to be able to sign them up for really nice plans that have very low out-of-pocket costs um, because they don't have to worry about the monthly premium. So that has been one of the most rewarding things um, is working with that population. That's amazing. It must be really incredible to just help people access healthcare in that way. And obviously, with the nature of your work, you're interacting with a lot of different treatment plans and healthcare plan options. So we were kind of wondering how you remain unbiased while helping people choose their healthcare options and what that's like for you. It can be a challenge because it's usually clear to me fairly immediately which plan I think they should pick, but of course I'm not allowed to actually pick a plan for them. So I start by asking questions about, you know, their specific healthcare needs and what their priorities for in a plan. Are they thinking, or do they want lower premiums? Do they want lower deductibles, lower out-of-pocket costs? Are there certain doctors that they need to keep seeing who need to be in network on their plan or certain drugs that they're taking that they make sure the plan covers? And then there's things like, for example, somebody who is considering um, or who is transitioning gender, some of the plans include medically necessary transition-related care and some of them don't. And so there's all these extra obstacles to navigate for folks, but there's no one size fits plan all for everybody. Uh, Everyone has unique needs and circumstances. So one person might be willing to pay more for a plan that keeps their doctor in network, or they might be looking for, you know, whatever has the lowest premium. Um, And, you know, each individual and family is going to have a different answer for those things. So we really work with the person to try to tailor it to, to what their needs are and make sure that they understand the options and like the differences between the plans. Because, you know, people are attracted by zero premium plans, but they don't necessarily realize that, oh, that plan has a deductible of $8,550. And that means you have to spend that out of pocket before the plan will pay for anything. So it's just helping people understand the different metal levels on the marketplace, what the different plans offer, you know, what percentage of their care is going to be paid for by the insurance company. And, you know, once you start asking all those, you know, detailed specific questions, um, it becomes clear to the consumer usually which plan is going to work best for them. Yeah, you compare costs and coverage, you drill down to what matters most to them, uh, and they're going to pick something that fits their needs. And you may not agree with their choice, but it is their choice. That's, that's how I remain unbiased or try to. You've mentioned quite a few considerations when it comes to choosing a health plan. And even with a navigator assisting, it could still be complicated, challenging for the patients themselves. So what's something about the navigation process that you feel is effective and something that can be changed? I would love to see more navigators embedded in community programs that serve um, and work directly with underserved populations. And, you know, part of that comes down to just increased funding um, for the Navigator program and increased marketing and outreach on the part of the federal government. But a lot of that is already happening now due to the new administration. So there's some positive moves in that direction. Obviously, I would love it if the application was less complicated. If, you know, the plans, I wish the plans covered more than they do. Um, And, you know, some of the deductibles and out-of-pocket maximums were lower. But in terms of the process itself, like the one-on-one appointments are crucial 
because this is an incredibly overwhelming process. And a lot of people have never had to shop for health insurance. They may have always had it through their job, but now suddenly they're unemployed and they don't know what to do. They might be trying to decide, um, you know, between COBRA coverage versus marketplace coverage. In terms of the actual navigation process, I don't know that the process itself needs work, but the, the systems that we work in need some improvement. <laughs> Yeah. And so, you know, extra funding will help to some degree, but a lot of people don't realize that they can get free help and that they can get help paying for coverage. That's, that's a challenge, but we're working on it. You mentioned the need to increase support for underserved populations, which could be partially addressed by expanding Medicaid, which obviously North Carolina has yet to do. So we are wondering what you think the potential implications of that decision to not expand Medicaid can be. You know, not like if North Carolina were to expand Medicaid, it would make like an additional five to six hundred thousand people eligible for health care who desperately need it. I mean, the result of us not expanding it is that we have the Medicaid gap in North Carolina. So if you don't make enough money to qualify for a premium tax credit to get coverage on the marketplace, but you can't get Medicaid because you don't meet our state's requirements, you're stuck in this gap where you don't qualify for anything. And you know, I would love for that gap to not exist at all. Um, I think that the COVID relief bill that's getting passed right now does address that. So it's, I think they're trying to make Medicaid expansion more attractive to the states that haven't expanded it, but they're also going to make, I believe anyone who earns below 150% of the federal poverty level should qualify for a zero premium plan. Not sure when that's going to go into effect. It depends on Congress. So <laughs> who knows? But uh, that would be exciting. Um, I mean, there's so many more people in North Carolina would have health insurance. Medicaid expansion would keep rural hospitals open. It would expand, you know, create jobs in places that, you know, are suffering. Like, and if people get preventive care when they need it, it saves the health system money in the long term because they're not showing up at the ER for treatment of something that could have been resolved, you know, with a quick doctor visit. So North Carolinians have lost out on the ability to you know, enroll in Medicaid, but uh, it is what it is. So we'll see what happens. Um, Unfortunately, we're not allowed to advocate for Medicaid expansion as navigators. So when people ask us, well, why don't we have Medicaid in North Carolina? I say, well, you know, our state was one that chose um, not to expand it when the law was passed and went to the Supreme Court to uh, refuse to accept free federal money to expand Medicaid. And they generally know which party was in control during that time. So, yeah. Because <laughs> we try to avoid being political, but the ACA is sort of inherently political. So it's a fine line. Yeah, I mean, between the federal government expanding the subsidies and, you know, states expanding Medicaid, that should really fill in the gaps um, in our system where there's people who are uninsured now. Yeah, that's really interesting. I didn't know that as navigators, you couldn't advocate for saying Medicaid. I guess that makes sense considering the nature of your job. And I just wanted to ask a follow-up question because you mentioned how the COVID relief bill should impact some of what we were just talking about with expanding Medicaid, making you more eligible for healthcare and for Medicaid and things like that. So I was just wondering, 
what the effect of the pandemic was on your job and whether you had an influx of people who were now seeking healthcare and just the impact of COVID in general on what you did as an ACA navigator and what you do. You know, when, when the pandemic first started and, you know, that first wave of um, layoffs happened, we were pretty busy because people had, you know, who had employer, employer insurance for potentially decades, so all of a sudden needed help figuring out, you know, what their options were. So we were pretty steadily busy um, throughout last year um, because, you know, people, there were various rounds of layoffs that happened at different times. We also help people, you know, if they have to report a change in their income. So it's been pretty steady that way. With this new special enrollment period that we're in, which exists only because of the pandemic, I've been fairly busy, but not like overwhelmingly so. I mean, the pandemic has definitely affected our ability to do one-on-one in-person appointments and outreach since we've had to do everything remotely. But I also, I mean, I think we should offer the virtual appointments going forward because I do think that they can reach people who may not have been able to physically get somewhere for an appointment. So it'll be interesting to see what the long-term effects of COVID are on our processes and policies, um, but it's too early to tell. Thank you so much for that explanation. To sort of finish out, What's something you think listeners should know about their health insurance in general, as well as utilizing the healthcare exchange? So health insurance in general, take advantage of free preventive care that is offered under your plan. And that's things like annual physicals or, um, you know, women's wellness visits or immunizations or cancer screenings or, you know, when you need to get a mammogram or a prostate exam or, you know, they count, they screen for depression, for smoking cessation, for, you know, interper- uh, intimate partner violence. Like there's all sorts of stuff that you can get for free under your health plan without having to pay, without having to meet your deductible or pay co-pays and co-insurance. And a lot of people don't realize that. And then, you know, with North Carolina specifically, you know, you don't have to do it alone. Navigators are here and we're trained to help. Nine out of 10 people who sign up for ACA plans in North Carolina uh, qualify for help paying the premiums. And the average premium is $61 in North Carolina for a whole month. So, uh, and then all plans on the marketplace have to cover doctor visits, pre-existing conditions, hospitalizations, mental health care, maternity care, prescription drugs, laboratory services, and more. So, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to apply and navigators are here to help you throughout the entire process. And, you know, even after you're enrolled, we can help you if you're having issues with your insurance company or you're trying to find uh, an in-network provider or, you know, they've denied a claim or something like that. So we provide your own support in that way. We're here to help. Don't be overwhelmed or intimidated. Thank you again to Donna Rasmussen for sitting down with us. This episode was produced and written by myself and Nadia. We would also like to thank our editors-in-chief, Charlotte and Josie, and the entire Scope team. And most of all, we want to thank our listeners. Tune in next week to hear the latest news from the Scope.